everyone. Welcome to Tent Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Stacy, And today I have a very special guest. Her name is Vanessa Kerr. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Stacey. Hi. Before we get into it, I want to make an important announcement. Last week, I told everybody about the Strength Summit that I'm hosting with Emily Argyle. It's happening August 12th and 13th, and it's happening in Provo. We've still got space available. It is combining human design with Clifton Strength Assessment and just talking about like your individual strengths and how you can use them and start living a life based on what you're already naturally good at and how that brings a level of excellence into your life instead of that struggle of just focusing on things that you want to improve on, focus on the things that you're already good at. So that Strength Summit is happening in August. There's still a couple of spots available. Reach out if you'd like more information or if you'd like to sign up. Anyway, Vanessa, hi. Hi. (laughs) I'm really excited about today's conversation. We haven't talked about this on the podcast, and I have experience with this, and Vanessa has a lot of experience, and that is UFO and extraterrestrial encounters. Yeah, our star relatives. Our star relatives. So before we jump right into that, Vanessa, Tell everybody a little bit about like who you are, where you're from, what you do. Okay, yeah. So my name is Vanessa. I was born in California and lived there till I was 12 and then lived in Arizona. And I'm like a sixth generational Arizonan, which is kind of a unique thing to say, meaning that like my family knows that land and they have the stories that have, you know, come from living there, tending the land, farming. And as we're going to talk about some of these like extraterrestrial moments, one of my first encounters was with my grandma out in the desert. So I'm excited to share that when it's time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's, I mean, you've given us a little taste of it. Like, tell us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Maybe maybe that should be my intro. Hi, my name is Vanessa and I've had encounters for a long time. Yeah. That's my intro. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So like I said, my family has lived in Arizona for a long time. And so I think I was around... 12, I was with my grandma and she lives in really rural parts of Arizona. So for anyone who's been to the rural parts of like Arizona or Nevada or New Mexico, there's no light pollution. And so you have like really, really good visibility of you can the see stars. the whole Milky Way. The whole Milky Way, like galaxies almost, you know, yeah. when you stare into them. So this particular moment, I was with my grandma and she was driving. She had this blue old Toyota truck. And we're driving down the road, dirt road, obviously. And all of a sudden, the car just stops, the truck. And I'm looking. And uh, like out of the window, in the distance, you could see these really bright lights. And I'm panicking. Like, what is happening? Why did the truck just turn off? And I look at my grandma. And it's like she could hold it together in this kind of like Wild West way. You know, like she's not shooting a rattlesnake right now, but she's like, okay, we just pause. 
and we just get through this. So what essentially was happening was that this craft was over there in the distance and crafts usually have this like electromagnetic pool, right? Mm -hmm. And there was this moment in the truck where you could almost begin to feel it like slightly pull up. Oh, does that make yeah. sense? Mm -hmm. Like, like it's it, you know, it's not this mega magnet by any means, but there was this like light pull, and we were probably in that state for maybe ten to twenty minutes. It's hard to tell; time is yeah a weird thing. And then, voom, lights gone. Car turns right back on. Wow. Then I look at my grandma like, what? And I'm like shaking, and she's just like handling it like, meh. Well, you know, last week Ron saw such and such, and he even felt like one was chasing him down the road. And you're like, what? What just happened, Grandma? And now why are you telling me about Ron down the road? You know, yeah. it was just this, like, <laughs> stories about how, what it was like living in this real way with these, like, encounters and kind of these, like, paranormal and extraordinary activity. I want to pause and just talk about that electromagnetic sensation because we have to normalize this. Everybody knows what that feels like. Mm. So when you were a kid or in science class, you all played with magnets and you felt that like pull, that give and take pull. And like you're trying to like push them together, but they won't go or you're feeling them like instantly come together and you want to see how far away you can get the magnets and we've all played with that because it's so mysterious. Mm, and it's mm -hmm. so mysterious to us as humans that we even study it at like top university levels of like the poles and the magnetic charges of the north and the south and how sometimes they just like switch positions and then the magnetic force changes. Like this is so mysterious to us mm. that we cannot even understand it in our most sophisticated like university level mm. and we've all played with it yeah. with magnets. Mm. And so when we're talking about these things, like we're fascinated by it. We know about it because we've experienced it, but we can't explain it. Right. And I think that's what hooks us all is because there's something that we know to be true, but we can't fully grasp it. Right. And so his grandma's like totally normalizing it and like, yeah, run down the road. And it's <laughs> like, it is true, though. My brother lives in Arizona. And Vanessa and I even took a trip to Sedona yeah, one time. Yep. But like, if you travel to these high desert areas, it is not uncommon. I mean, Area 51's out there. Mm -hmm. You've got, we were saying, what what highway? Oh, the extraterrestrial highway. Extraterrestrial yes. highway, mm -hmm. where a lot of sightings happen. Yep. When I've gone to Arizona, I've even gone to groups where like people actually as like a community sit together and they like look for UFOs. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like a hobby or yeah. like just something you do. You sit out on the porch with your friends and mm -hmm. and you can get into like more organized, like ritualize it like, okay, let's really light a candle sure. or, you know, get into Make contact. Yeah, we're like, we're making contact tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can you can do it however you want, but this is a very common phenomena mm. for mm -hmm. so many people. Yeah. Yeah. Really truly. I mean and if you want to like take it back 
centuries upon centuries ago, there was more of this, I would say, developed relationship with these star beings. I mean, like, look at the way that even in like the Bible, we talk about a chariot of fire. I mean, like, if you didn't have language to describe what you see happening, what words would you use? Yeah. Right. And here I am as a child just telling you right now, I'm like, you know, there's this this light that's kind of far away and then it it comes over you and then it leaves, you know. Mm. And you feel this magnet and, you feel and this, this like this pull. Maybe pull. Yeah, this pull. Yeah. yeah. I think language often falls short of these experiences that we're trying to put into words because there isn't mm -hmm. like we talked about like a box or it's not like, hey, in school, if you happen to have contact or a sighting, this may happen. I think we've been so afraid yeah. because our government, for one, has been, in a sense, gaslighting with all of these people living in rural Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico have known. And even beyond that, what the ancestors have known about having this contact with our star relatives. And yeah. yeah. Well, I want to share my UFO experience. Yes, I want to hear it. I was an adult. I was probably 20, 21, maybe. And I was sleeping at my parents' house. I was in the basement. Wait, so where were you located? In Utah? In Utah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I woke up because I saw a light. And it went from green to blue. It was very, it was a very like shift of a light. It lit up the whole house. And it not only lit up the house, but it blew out the power. Oh, wow. And I'm looking at, remember, I'm in a basement. I'm looking from the window well. And I'm just like, what is happening? This like light show. But I like, I can't even conceptually see it because it's out of my full visual range. I'm just seeing these lights. So I run upstairs and I wake up my parents and my mom had woken up by it because she just thought like, well, why is someone shining their light in our house? Mm. And then we discover that the power's out. And the next day I'm trying to talk to people like, did anybody else mm, see mm -hmm. Like, is there any validation that this happened? Because the, something big happened. Yeah. And somebody else validated it. Yeah. And it felt so good to be validated because when these things happen, it can feel unstable because it yeah. shakes your current set of beliefs. Right. And like we were saying, when that happens, you you don't have language for it, but you also kind of have to reevaluate like, okay, how does this experience fit into my reality, what I know to be true? Right. And that's kind of exciting ground, but kind of like scary ground. Yeah. And again, if you didn't have that person to validate you, mm -hmm. chances are, I don't want to assume, but chances are you'd be like, holy moly, like, did I make that up? Because nobody else can validate and say, oh, yeah, I experienced something similar. And just like you with your grandma. Yeah. Like she was there with you. It was a joint experience. Joint experience, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you don't have to feel like you're losing your marbles or something. Yeah. Which is actually really sweet because my grandmother is in her 80s now. And I actually brought up the story with her last time I was visiting a few months ago. And she's like, oh, well, do you remember the other time that your cousin Brandon was with us? And da, da, da. And she just starts telling me all of these other kind of like collective experiences and stories. And I thought, oh, wow, if I would have never had this moment with my grandma, I would never even say, hey, grandma, do you remember when this happened? 
And then for her to then be able to share all of these other experiences as well. And that's what I want to say is that I think there's so many more collective experiences. And just like right now, you're sharing with me. Mm-hmm. And that I would hope, you know, as as you listeners are hearing this to say, whoa, have I also experienced something like that? Perhaps you didn't have the whole magnetic pool, but, you know, looking at the sky, perhaps you've had this moment where you're like, that's not a star mm-hmm. or that's not a satellite or that's not a drone. Like I felt this pull towards it in this like more of this mystical way. What was that? Yeah. One thing that I absolutely love about what's happening in life right now is TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll never shut up about it <laughs> because people are using their voice mm-hmm. and their stories. And we learn through stories. That's how yes. humans learn. Yes. And that's how we share information. So people are sharing information. And they've also got all these little computer handheld devices. So if you jump on TikTok and look up UFOs, people will show you what's happening in their neighborhood. Yeah. They're capturing it on their phones. Right. And sometimes it's like, what is going on? Like, there's so much personal evidence that's now being stored on this database. And what it's doing is it's causing pressure Mm. from from the government. Because again, it's not only sharing our individual experiences like in person like this, but it's also blasting it Mm -hmm. online. And so with enough people saying, oh, yeah, me too, me too. We know we can't be deny this information. And so the government is being held by the fire a little bit to start being more transparent, honest. Mm -hmm. But July 13th, Vanessa, tell us about July 13th. Yeah. So there's this news article that just came out. And I'm sure a lot of you maybe have been following that this government has been feeling this pressure now for like six months, maybe up to a year when we thought, oh my gosh, the government's finally going to reveal. Like I was so stoked. Like Every country was looking at us. The reveal was like barely anything. Yeah, it was like the major is let down. Like, okay, yes, UFOs are real. We're like, like, no, like we need more. And so I find it so fascinating that if there's any topic that America agrees on, Mm -hmm. it's actually this. Yeah. Republicans, Democrats, whatever political party, maybe even religious, however you show up, everyone's like, yeah, tell us the stories here, There's at government. There's at least an interest peak. There's like. an interest peak. And so here, here's the quote from um, Schrumer. For decades, many Americans have been fascinated by objects mysterious and unexplained, and it's long past time they get some answers. The American public has a right to learn about technologies of unknown origins, non-human intelligence, and unexplainable phenomena. It's like, and where and yeah. where was this where was happening. this article posted that you just read from? It was from? Uh, New York Times. The New York Times. Yep. I mean, everybody's reading the New York Times. That's so, not some like hokey. Uh, I don't know what were all those third wave something yeah. mystical whatever. It's like yeah, I love all of that because I'm part of that. But I think this gives us that extra external validation, right? Yeah. Like a, you went to your friend. Hey, did you know that happened? Here's like the New York Times is huge publication saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the article goes on to explain not only does the the U.S. population have a right to know, but the government's doing something about it. Yeah. They're putting together a committee and the committee is filled with parties on, on both sides. 
and they're carefully going over information from not only UFO, but biological information and data and intelligence. Mm -hmm. What does biological, I mean, my brain's going, my brain is going, my brain is saying aliens, aliens, what kind of biological evidence is there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if any of you watched old UFO documentaries that was also playing at my house. My dad was a huge fan of those, which for good and bad, it it usually created the story that these aliens were out to attack us. Mm. And it really, even the sound of the music is to promote fear. And think about all the movies and media that has oh, promoted sure. yeah. That, you know, if aliens were to invade, then they want to destroy us, that, you know, that they could annihilate us, that their technology, their existence is so far evolved, what we're capable of. And so I think there's also this part that of a lot of fear that, you know, if this is real, what is the potential for us to keep living this human life that we know? So I think also I want to just kind of make note of that, that for some of us, like, there's probably this part of fear and the media has done a real good job portraying that in lots of movies. Yeah. (laughs) So not only the fear, which I think is real, but taking that question internally, like what would I have to fear or why would there be fear? And for me, I'm going to answer that and then I'm going to ask it for you. But the fear that I would think is because of how we're treating the earth Mm -hmm. because the earth is part of the galaxy and the whole universe. And when we're treating the earth so poorly, I think it affects because we're not an island unto ourselves. We're a planet Mm -hmm. in a cosmic world. And so if we're doing things that are very destructive and harmful, I think that affects other beings. There's responsibility. Yeah. That's what I would think the fear is, wow, we're really not doing a good job at taking care of Mama Earth. That's where I feel like the fear is warranted. Mm-hmm. Where What do you feel? Mm. I think, so I'll just kind of talk from personal experience. I think when you experience this kind of unexplainable phenomena and you know that there's this greater power in a sense that's kind of taking over you, right? Like I didn't have consent to be with my grandma and have this spacecraft come over and have our the truck shut down and like we couldn't do what we wanted to do. So I think there's this part of just this like this consent piece. That's where I keep coming back to. Sure. This like, okay, if something is going to fly over my house, like what, like what is wanted or why, why would they be there? And I think that's part of the, also this bigger question that we're asking of love that you said of like, why do we have fear? Well, in so many ways, we, we come from this background where we colonize, we conquer, we, we destroy. And oh my goodness, you mean there's a power that potentially has the ability to do the same thing to what we've done to the earth and what we've done to the indigenous? Mm -hmm. I think in some ways it's like maybe we feel like this new reckoning Mm -hmm. could happen. Yeah. However, I want to say like I I can see that perspective and I also just want to maybe open up everyone's hearts to the possibility of like, but what if they're really beautiful? What if the intention that they have is actually to like help us? 
Yeah. To maybe serve us, to like maybe teach us some like some technologies that could help us evolve and grow and heal. Yeah, that was going to be exactly my next question is like, on the flip side of that, what is the potential of positivity or new information or just a different perspective? Because it is very humbling to realize that that we don't know everything. We don't have the answers mm -hmm. and that there's a lot left to know. But And it's not in the knowing that's exciting. It's in the mystery that's exciting to Absolutely. me. It's keeping space open for mystery because when these experiences do happen, it shifts your perspective. Right. And then you think in different ways, you think bigger and you think outside of what you knew before. There was a before and then there's an after. Mm. And you're always changed. And I think that's the part that we have the resistance to is like, how will we have to adapt or change mm -hmm. if we really want to expand our consciousness, expand the way that we've been living, knowing that like, there's a different way that we could garden. And maybe we would have like three yield of that potential, but it's all in the most organic grounding ways, right? Like we just don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think about the way that we care for our body or some of the disease and illness or, you know, things, but it's, I feel like the land and the body are so connected. So it's like, yeah, what if there was something that we could do that would, you know, clean up the waters and clean up our air that it was just a tiny uh, yeah. shift. Yeah. And so I think that's really the question is that with this new information that hopefully the government will reveal at some point, that'll be like actually something exciting. How are we going to change or how will that impact us? How do we want to move mm -hmm. forward with this? And yeah, as the government decides with a committee, like what information they'll release to us, I guess the invitation that I have to listeners is to just do your own research, feel into your body what makes sense. And you don't have to wait totally for the government to inform you. Like, you can have an experience in the desert, not that you're in charge of whether it happens, but like, you can talk to people and talk to your community and go on TikTok and like watch videos of people that are just regular people posting and and you'll see people posting the same thing from different angles and it's like okay like we are capable of having an opinion of this outside of a committee that information is going to be released and so you can really think about it and see it without having an actual experience yeah yeah and just remaining open right open to that possibility of what it could bring mm -hmm. to your life and to the community. Vanessa, you're going to be here for a part two. So we're going to see you next week. In the meantime, if somebody wanted to connect with you, how could they find you? Yeah, thanks. So my website is awakeningintegration.com. And on Instagram, same idea, awakening underscore integration, where I try to post somewhat frequently and let you know about events and sessions that I hold. 
And you just got done teaching at a university about shamanism. I did. Locally. And you're really getting your practice out there. And so connecting with you online on your Instagram or your website is the best way to get a hold of you. Yes. Okay, great. And we'll see you next time on Tent Talks. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. 